Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. I'm not too much of a singer. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I ever get back where we'll root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. One, two, three strikes you out at the old ball game. Everything's running smoothly. Morning hoes on the show today, a special episode of your KC Morning Show. We pay tribute to the late, the great, the legend, and now immortal John Jordan Buck O'Neill. On the show today, we're going to hear some remarks from Bob Kendricks. This is what they played during the Hall of Fame induction ceremony just this past weekend. I got a chance to chat a little bit with Kiana Sinks, friend of the show, and does some amazing work as well over at the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. What's a weekend, my friends? The buck stops at the Hall of Fame. So after those remarks from Bob Kendricks, we're going to hear from Buck O'Neill himself. In my opinion, one of the most important speeches in baseball history, Buck O'Neill speaking on behalf of the Negro Leaguers who were inducted in the Hall of Fame back in 2006. He himself should have been in that class. He was not. And instead of staying home, you know what Buck O'Neill did? He went out there and preached. He gave a history lesson, a black history lesson, a black baseball history lesson. And in true Buck O'Neill fashion, the through line of the entire speech was love. Because of course it was. That's Buck O'Neill, y'all. R.I.P. to the legend and now the immortal Buck O'Neill. Rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do, Kansas City. Nomination still open for the Pitch Awards. I'll insert the link in the bio. Let's run that back again. Let's do that. Best local podcast. You. Yes, I'm talking to you because you did this. And we're going to do this again, ain't we? Yeah, we is. Back in the feeds tomorrow. A good day to be a Kansas City and always because of you, Kansas City. We'll see you in the morning. Any way you put it, you my brother, you my sister. Mm-hmm. That's a different color. Mm-hmm. The KC Morning Show. The charm, the charisma, the gentle spirit. Whoever had the opportunity to meet Buck O'Neill. Good to be around you, man. Hey, you still feel good. No, I just know when to flex, so you can touch and I flex. <laughs> the lives were likely changed from a chance encounter with this great ambassador. I develop passionate love for this man. I think he's one of the most amazing human beings to ever walk the face of this earth who just happened to be a great baseball player. Buck O'Neill was a tremendous first baseman for the legendary Kansas City Monarchs. He became a great leader of men, which is why he became such a successful manager, player manager with the Monarchs. After his Monarchs playing career ended, 
Buck O'Neill would move into Major League Baseball as a scout. He is credited with having signed Ernie Banks to become the Cubs' first black player. He also signed Lou Brock with the Chicago Cubs. Lee Arthur Smith to his first professional contract with the Cubs. So Buck has three Hall of Famers that he signed. And while he didn't sign Hall of Famer Billy Williams, he is credited for having kept Mr. Williams in the game because Billy Williams had quit the Cubs and gone home. And who did the Cubs send to go get him? Buck O'Neill. And Mr. Williams will be the first to tell you that he owes his Hall of Fame career to one Buck O'Neill. And then Buck would then become the first African-American coach in Major League Baseball history, 1962, with the Chicago Cubs. You can feel his spirit when you come here to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. There would not be a Negro Leagues Baseball Museum if it was not for the tireless leadership of Buck O'Neill. <laughs> I affectionately call the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum the house that Buck built. Back in 2006, when we were waiting on the announcement to see if Buck was going to be one of that group of Negro League players who were being voted on who would be inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. He missed by one vote. I was just devastated. Who handled it better than everyone? Buck O'Neill. Buck O'Neill would push aside his disappointment, go to Cooperstown, deliver this impassioned speech on behalf of 17 others who had gotten in, but all of them were dead. And who became their voice? Negro League Baseball. All you needed was a bus, yeah, and a couple of sets of uniforms. You could have 20 of the best athletes that ever lived. And that's who we are representing here today. And I say that it was one of the most selfless acts in American sports history. Whoever's next to you, hold a hand. Come on, you Hall of Famers. Hold hand. All you people out there, hold hand. I want you to sing after me. The greatest thing in all of my life is loving you. A little over two months later. The greatest thing, my friend, in all of my life passed away himself. Is loving you. As he would call Cooperstown the Valley. You just kind of got an idea that the valley will be lit up with the spirit of Buck O'Neill when he does finally receive the official induction into a place that he loved, the National Baseball Hall of Fame. I hit the home run. I hit the Grand Slam home run. I hit for the cycle. I've had a hole in one in golf. I've done a lot of things I like doing. I shook hands with President Truman. Yeah. So, oh, man. With the other president, I am to hug his wife, Hillary. So I've done a lot of things I like doing, but I'd rather be right here right now representing these people that help build the bridge 
across the chasm of prejudice, not just the ones like Charlie Pride and me that laid across them. Yeah, this is quite an honor for me. See, I played in the Negro League. Tell you what, the Negro League was nothing like Hollywood tried to make it. The Negro League was the third largest black business in this country. Yeah. First, black insurances, the white insurances, 10 cent policy, just enough to bury us. Uh-huh. But the black insurances insured our crops, our homes. Yeah. Our stock. They made millions. Next, Madam C.J. Walker, cosmetology. You see that pretty hair over there? Don't you see it? Oh, Mrs. Robertson? Tell you what. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Madam C.J. Walker was doing that a hundred years ago, and she made millions, to tell you the truth. Madam C.J. Walker was the first black woman millionaire in this country. And to tell you, Madam C.J. Walker might have been the first woman millionaire in the country that earned it. They had other women millionaires, but they inherited the money. Madam C.J. Walker earned it. Next, Negro League Baseball. All you needed was a bus, and we rode in some of the best buses money could buy. Yeah, and a couple of sets of uniforms. You could have 20 of the best athletes that ever lived. And that's who we are representing here today. It was outstanding. And playing in the Negro League, what a lot of you don't know. See, when I played in the Negro League, I first came to the Negro League, 5% of major league ball players were college men because the major leaguers want them right out of high school. Put them in the minor league, bring them on in. But Negro leagues, 40% of Negro leagues, leaguers were college men. The reason that was we always spring train in a black college town. And that's who we played in spring training, the black colleges. So when school was out, they came play baseball. When baseball season was over, they'd go back to teaching, to coaching, or to classes. That was Negro League Baseball. And I'm proud to have been a Negro League ball player. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you what, they always say to me, Buck, I know you hate people for what they did to you or what they did to your folks. I said, no, man, I, I never learned to hate. I hate cancer. Cancer killed my mother. My wife died 10 years ago of cancer. I'm single, ladies. <laughs> A good friend of mine, I hate AIDS. A good friend of mine died of AIDS three months ago. I hate AIDS. But I can't hate a human being because my God never made anything ugly. Now you can be ugly if you want a boy, but God didn't make you that way. Uh-uh. So I want you to light this valley up this afternoon. Martin said agape is understanding, creative. 
a redemptive goodwill toward all men. Agape is an overflowing love which seeks nothing in return. And when you reach love on this level, you love all men. Not because you like them, not because their ways appeal to you, but you love them because God loved them. And I love Jehovah my God with all my heart, with all my soul, and I love every one of you as I love myself. Now, I want you to do something for me. I'm thinking to get off this stage now. I think I've done my six minutes. But I want you to do something for me. I want you to hold hands. Whoever's next to you, hold a hand. Come on, you Hall of Famers. Hold hands. All you people out there, hold hands. Everybody hooked up? Everybody hooked up? Well, and I tell you what. See, I know my brothers up here, my brothers over there, I see some black brothers of mine and sisters out there. I know they can sing. Can you white folks sing? I want you to sing after me. The greatest thing. Come on, everybody. The greatest thing. In all my life. Is loving you. The greatest thing. And all my life is loving you. The greatest thing in all my life is loving you. The greatest thing in all my life is loving you. Thank you, folks. Thank you, folks. Thank you, folks. Thank you, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now sit down. Now sit down. I could talk to you 10 minutes longer, but I got to go to the bathroom. Give it up, give it up. 